are recording. I think we should have to stand still, too. Yeah, that's fine. You're telling me to stop moving. <laughs> well, just like... <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. Go. This is the kickoff. No, no, no. We gotta do an intro. No, it's, it can be loose. This okay. is loose. <laughs> okay, fine. Welcome, everybody, to Ben and Eric's podcast. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. Eric and I are recording live in person for the first time because Eric is over at my house for this Monday and Tuesday. That's how committed we are to this pod. Yep. We probably planned the trip before we planned on doing the podcast. Oh, right. Yeah, this was organic. I was, I'm up here in the Philly area to watch uh, the first place Baltimore Orioles beat his Philadelphia Phillies, so we decided let's double dip and do a pod. So... Today we are in the basement, and we just finished the movie After Sun, directed by um, Charlotte Wells. I caught that on the credits. Good memory. I can remember that. We are doing this pretty much cold, so both of us haven't seen it. This is our first time watching it, and we have no screens in front of us. There's no IMDb's to read off of. There's no looking up things that we haven't already looked up, so... That's how we're doing this podcast today. We're going to talk about the movie um, without any spoilers. In the beginning, talk about like our impressions of it, performances and all that. And then we'll get into the nitty-gritty plot and what we think of the ending. Mm-hmm. Any details that might give away the ending. So, all right. What was this movie about? Let's just, let's, what is this movie? Father and a daughter vacationing kind of uncomfortably like is he divorced was he a single dad I don't know but you know she's an 11 year old girl he's 31 and they're taking a vacation in Turkey and uh just super sweet like the two of them kind of like you know reacquainting they don't I don't get that they spend a ton of time together but um pretty sweet day in the life of vacationing you know mini family kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's all father daughter yeah um paul mezcal is the father um frankie colio yeah i think is her name 11 year old frankie is the 11 year old girl um she's great both of them are amazing yeah paul mezcal plays a kind of um plays a sweet father you know he's he's young but he also didn't have great parents it's not a spoiler so uh, he's treating his daughter well and is open-minded and um, cares for her and her well-being oftentimes over his own. Mm-hmm. So the father is very nice. Like, he's a very nice, and he's trying his best, you know? Yeah, he doesn't have all the skills, but his heart's in the right place, and we're getting scene after scene of that kind of activity. Um, it's shot very sort of, it feels low budgety. Um, it feels like it's set in late nineties, early two thousands, just yeah, in terms of the, the soundtrack, you know? So, um, all the equipment they're using, the camera, the the music that's playing, it's all feels like, um, pretty old. Yeah. So there's like two main parts of this movie, the part of the movie that's like shot like a normal movie, you know, 4k HD, high-quality cameras, and then there's parts of the movie that is a replay of a recording from a VHS camera. 
a standard like 90s 2000s vhs camera physical tape and bad audio but like in a good way you know vintage audio so those are the two main ways the movie is shot the i mean what else i well it was i i I just put this on my list because I know a lot of people loved it. And I saw the, the ratings on it. It was all very solid. I literally did not read the tagline for the movie. I went in 100% cold. And I'm talking about this now, 100% cold, not having read anybody's interpretation of what, what I just saw. Um, you may have a little more background on it than that. So I knew what this movie was about coming in. Okay. I knew, I think I knew the name Frankie and obviously knew Paul Mezcal because... He really blew up with this movie. I mean, he was very... He's been popular. Mm-hmm. I think he's been a... Uh, I mean, with normal people, he's been a quality actor on a big stage for Did you watch Normal now. People? I haven't watched it yet, but I know... It's, it's I, amazing. I know. I, yeah. I, I and it's in that sort of... Not to keep bringing up some, you know, like uh, Linklater stuff, but, um, you know, just in terms of the... the the relationship of these two people and in, in normal people, you go, you're a couple episodes into this Hulu series of a couple of years ago, which I thought was one of the best shows of that year. And you were just so invested in this couple and you want them to, to do well and you get them through a few life experiences that tear them apart, that pull them back together by chance, by whatever. And it's like, you're just rooting for them. And you just you're like, I love these two people, you know, to the end of my day kind of thing so you really kind of become a mezcal fan because you can't help it Uh uh-huh so i knew i knew people knew him but i had not watched normal people despite it being on my list of shows i needed to watch and i didn't watch after sun in theaters i'm not sure i had great access to it in theaters i don't think it played in a ton of theaters Uh yeah i don't think it was a big um it was obviously not a big studio release this is like a independent film a lot of different independent film companies, production houses credited in the beginning. So this is really the the cast list. I mean, we're looking at it. It's not long. No. So they didn't. They don't have a ton of extras. They don't have a ton of money. That it's really this is really a one for us piece. Right. The people who made it made it because they wanted to and. They felt it spoke to them in some way or another. Yeah. So, well, wait, wait. Well, something just went wrong on the TV. We were our recording just went bad. Shit. Where's the mute button? Uh, it's right there in the middle. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> we were Back looking to it. at the we were looking at the credits on the TV that were paused, and then because something went wrong, it went starts haywire. playing. That's what cable. live recording's all about. Yeah, that is exactly. What, this is all going in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh, back to the conversation at hand. So you're talking about the sort of low budgetness of it. If you yeah. told me this movie was made for like 100k, I would totally believe it, right? Except for I bet the music has got to be half the budget. Yeah, the songs probably. they used because there's some killer needle drops in this movie. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, there's. I can't imagine what the budget was, but I don't think many people got rich off of this, but. It was like Let, um, let's give this, a. This is an art film. I didn't. I honestly didn't yeah. expect you to like. This is an art film. Why? This is my kind of shit. Mm, it is. You, I mean, this father, is like, father, daughter. I mean, this is tugging at every okay. fucking heartstring I've got. Okay, I I did expect that, but the arty. I guess it wasn't too like abstract. It was pretty 
direct. There was only there's one main abstract part which we can get into later. Yeah. But it's it's quite easy to understand that the father daughter relationship and careful. I'm not. I'm not gonna you know, spoil. Okay, because I, I do want to talk about what we our our thoughts about it, whether or not you recommend it, and then I think we need to sort of get deep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Because the abstractness of it is a big reveal, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which I'd like to know your thoughts on yeah. when we get to it, because I have some Let's go. crazy stuff that I think about. I'd say watch things. this movie. I recommend people watch this movie. Uh, it's a slow roll, for sure. I don't mind slow, slow movies, slow TV. I'm kind of into it. Um, and uh, um, it's, got some, it's got some real emotional punches to it. I kind of dig that. It's not, a, it's not a really long movie. What is it, 102 minutes? So it's tight. Um, although it feels like it, if it feels like you're living through the vacation with them in real time. It, maybe they vacation for a week and you feel like you've been with them for a week, right? Mm-hmm. By the time this thing finishes. So I don't know if that's your kind of, kind of thing, but um, I liked it. So this movie is not quite slow cinema. That's kind of reserved for more like nothing's happening really test your patience like mm. satan tango kind of it's stuff. close it's close but go ahead so there's a lot of long takes mm-hmm. in the beginning especially in the beginning mm-hmm. there's a lot of like oneers almost where it's like two to three minutes of blocking and acting in one room and yeah. it's just two people talking or laying around talking so it can feel slow but i think that really if it doesn't take you out of the movie, which I, it didn't take me out of the movie, I think it really builds your connection with these two characters. So I'm with Eric here. I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a no-brainer. Two great performances. Um, people on the cast and crew, you can feel that they were passionate about it and that they uh, were willing to take risks with their art and that they wanted the best result possible. Not to entertain the most people, but to really stay true to the story and tell it in the best way they could. So it appeals to most people, I think, anyone who's had a father or a daughter, which is most people. I would watch it. I recommend it. Good. I agree. Okay. Let's get spoilers in. Yeah, let's get into some spoilers. All right, so. skip ahead here if you don't want to hear this part, but... Um, I'm looking at the tagline now on the pause screen that we just have on here. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't read this. These freaking, you know, 40 words I'm looking at right uh-huh. here. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. And and I'll read it now. This is just the Fios um, tagline. Years after their last vacation, Sophie reflects on the rare time spent with her loving, idealistic father, attempting to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. And it was like... So there's... Go ahead. There's a few things in that sentence that give away a lot of stuff that you don't want to kind of have given away before you watch it. Yeah. Their last vacation, first of all... Didn't know it. Didn't know it was going to be their last vacation. It was clearly something they were reflect that the older version of Sophie was reflecting on throughout the movie. And the older version of Sophie does not have any lines, really. She... I was I, when they flashed to this older person. I was like, "Wait, is that the mother that we're not seeing on vacation?" Like, so I didn't go. I thought that for a second. In the beginning, well, here's the thing: in the beginning, they kind of they match cut a young Sophie's face on vacation to the older Sophie 
in this kind of abstract world that has um I missed that. So the match cut does kind of give it away no, a but little bit. Your fancy film word, film school words, match cut. Essentially, Sophie's face is in yeah. young Sophie's face is in one part of the screen, yeah. and it cuts to well fades to the older version of Sophie in that part of the screen. In the strobe so scene. So that's a, the strobe yes. scene. Okay. So the older version of Sophie I caught that late in a strobe scene, late in the movie, like the uh-huh. last third, but not in the beginning. The older version of Sophie is you really only see her. You, you see her in two different scenarios, but you mostly see her in this dark room with strobing white lights with a bunch of people dancing to like, but you can't hear, yeah. you can hear the music, right? You yeah. just can't hear the people. So it's like, it's a score. There's no real audio. There's no personal audio. And then eventually it's revealed that Paul Mezcal is in the same, is in the same room, mm-hmm. but as a younger version of himself, as right. the version of him on vacation. Right. So, the, the, well, I'm not going to give away the reveal right now, because we can get into that later, but there is a, there is a match cut, a match fade, but it's a cut, that um, reveals the older version of Sophie is in this nightclub, essentially. Yeah. And dancing, but also, like, no, no, she wasn't dancing, she was just standing still. She was still. Watching, watching her dad dance. Yeah. Her younger dad dance. Mm-hmm. So, that can be confusing, but you're you're never there for too long. You're, it 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 jumps from there back to the vacation and normal. Okay, let's just turn the TV off. This is this is weird. Yeah. Thank God that was muted. <laughs> so that's the older version of Sophie, and you also get her in a scene where she has a kid. Yes. That's another reveal. Late, also fairly late in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was living with them, obviously, just solely on vacation, and he had this strobe dance scene, which was um, 15 seconds here, 15 seconds there, maybe two or three times during the first two-thirds of the movie. And a little bit of that's someone looking back, that's someone looking into, you know, I, I didn't put too much weight on it. I just kind of wanted to live with them on vacation. Is he dying? Is he going to commit suicide? You get glimpses of, like... Something dramatic is going to happen. Um, but at the same time, this is the part that was just so, like, as I was coming to the end of the movie, which I revealed, which was revealed to me, was kind of probably known all along, but I never picked up on it. The very first scene, when they're in the lobby of their their vacation motel or hotel, they he is, he is making moves. She is predicting everything he is going to say. As a little girl, he's walking, he's trying to find the, the receptionist to get the room. And she knows he, she, that he is going to check back on her. So she says to him in advance of him turning around, I'm fine. Like, like, I know your next move. Like, so it's almost like she is looking back and remembering it in a way that is, um, I know this scene. I'm going to kind of narrate it myself, even though I'm in the, the, the child form here. And I know my dad and I know what he's going to do. And each time he does something, she is almost putting into his mouth and his words the idealistic version of what she expects him to do or him to say. And, I, and just to complete that, as we get towards the end of their vacation, he starts to give fatherly advice that's like, ugh, it hit hard. Like, you knew 
you knew it was the right thing to say. You knew that's the way fathers should act. So this is the idealistic version. These are the right things for a father to say to a young girl. And that's how she came away from this week. And it was like a perfect little vacation. And she, she told him that. She said this was a fantastic week. So for me, that was a very complete movie right there. So I'll pause there while I sort of compose myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for you to say something like that. Because I wasn't sure, I know like a lot of this movie was up to interpretation and like what's real and what's not is really called in the question. Mm -hmm. Based on that take, which I think is a good take on how this movie treats reality and memory. Because the whole movie is told in memory and there is no real present tense. Mm -hmm. The present tense is I think... I think the present tense is her with her partner and a kid. I think that's the present tense and you only see it you only see that for 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the movie is told through this VHS which is she's clearly remembering this vacation and she's remembering this vacation and is reminded of it by the things she sees on film and then the other scenes mm -hmm, that she come, fills in she fills in herself when mm -hmm. she's remembering this vacation. From her memory, so, yep. So, I the whole movie, I'm I'm really thinking that Paul Mezcal is that um, Callum is this loving father who is pretty much nailing it. He's spending all this time with his daughter, all the time that he can with his daughter, and he's teaching her all the right things. He's mm -hmm. he's physically and emotionally there for her it's like he's a he's a good, really good father and mm -hmm. he's very much loves his daughter but i can see now that that might not really be the case because there are points in time where he is absent or withholding and you kind of forgive him because in the in the movie you're just like oh he's having a rough day Mm -hmm. or he's just not in the mood for this right now. Mm -hmm. And being a parent is tough, obviously. But now I'm starting to wonder if that was really just him the whole time and she has invented this. Mm. She has not misremembered, but she's idealized this version of her dad because it's more comfortable and it's easier to live with a father that is loving and kind rather than someone who's hmm. withholding or just absent. So did, did we see fantasy or did we see, you know, I think that's the point is being... that this, her memory is just not hmm. no one's memory. You, you never remember things perfectly as they were. Mm -hmm. You remember them subjectively and you even change, you even change what happens. Sometimes you just like you don't misremember your brain just changes what you thought happened and you just believe it because why would you misremember something? So, yeah, I think that was just it was her subjective point of view told really well and really is up to a lot of interpretation whose yeah. point of view the story is from mm -hmm. and I guess I guess it is her point of view 
it is her point of view. And the scenes we get with Callum, Paul Mezcal's father, alone is something that is more real and more grounded in what really happened in the story. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he looked like he was going to kill himself one time. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess he he was sick. He knew he was sick. He was thinking maybe I'd do it here. I don't know, but he didn't. Um, I don't know. Did you get that from the scene in the I never water? Th- I never thought he was sick. I thought he was just depressed. Okay, like he was going to end it. Maybe he did end it. Maybe that's how he does die that we don't we never see. But that's what I was thinking at the end. Because, okay. So the ending scene is at the airport, and by the way, you see this in the middle of the movie. Yeah. The ending scene, but it concludes, uh, you see more of the scene at the end. Um, it concludes with a video, a VHS recording of Sophie leaving the airport and Paul, uh, and Callum recording it. And she is sad to go, but also just very happy as a child she's very happy that her vacation ended well and um and then she leaves and you just get Callum and he's standing alone in this airport and then he walks he walks away and he enters the strobe light room right which is a little abstract but essentially his afterlife it's got to be like he's that's when he's out he she never sees him again. Yeah. So that is like her last memory of him. And it was good. It was strong. I mean, it was, a, it was, it was a great, you know, like movies like end like that. It's like, oh man, I wish we would like what really happened. You know, you don't know, but you kind of do know, you know, yeah. that, that was the last time she saw him and she's got her memories from that we saw maybe partially embellished by her and from her memory. And some of it that's on this, you know, old VHS camcorder, which we do see, and we see her watching at the end of the movie, see her mm-hmm. um, replaying some of the, those vacation memories. Yeah. Which is, I guess what she'd rather remember than remember her. Some of the advice he gives at the end of the vacation to her when they're on the raft, for instance, is like a plus parenting advice. You know, uh-huh. like, like, like right on, like it was too perfect. Right. So I, I got to imagine like he didn't, he didn't actually say those things. She got it somehow. So good for her um, and good for him for maybe giving her, nu- her nuggets of that. But it's all like perfect stuff. Yeah. So from, from that standpoint, I feel like no one bats a thousand in parenting. <laughs> and, and I feel like he did on that vacation. So <clears throat> from my, I, I believe that a lot of that now, having reflecting on it like this, yeah. is somewhat, um, you know, invented in her, in her memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we're getting kind of emotional. We're trying to, like, <laughs> pass it off to each other when it might be getting too hard. But it is kind of a... I don't know, maybe everyone should just record a podcast after they watch a movie together, because this is like, (laughs) this is actually getting pretty deep and personal and emotional. Um, The strobe piece, yeah, the dancing, I got some notes here I took. Uh, um, I I did not get, uh, that was her for a while, as I mentioned earlier, Um, but you had it pretty early on. Um, which was good for me because, like, like I said, I got to live in their Turkish vacation there for a bit. Yeah. Um, 
I think he lives in Turkey, by the way. Oh, he was seeing her off on the plane? I think so. Oh, that might be. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think he had a kid. Maybe him and his yeah. partner got divorced or just separated, and he moved to a different country. Like, I don't think he could take it. I don't know. But there is a scene where, like, it's pretty It's pretty sad where, like, his, um, the, Sophie's mom, uh, like, has a new boyfriend. And he's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And, like, it, it's kind of cliche, but he's very sad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really worked up about it. But, yeah, I think he lives, I think he lives in Turkey and can't, like, because she asks, why can't we do this all the time? Mm-hmm. And I guess, like. He's not ready for that, or I don't know. I don't know what it is, but she asks, like, why can't we be here all the time? And I think cause it's because he is and she's not. One more thing One more thing I loved about this movie was um, kind of taking some of the old tropes that you are used to. I'm thinking about... Um, I'm thinking about the scene. You feel like you're leading up to her being put into an uncomfortable situation with older boys who are going to take advantage of her because she's she's learned she's playing pool with some older boys and it's like ooh they give us a second interaction with those guys it's like one of these guys is going to turn out to be not good and like yeah. on a late night when dad goes to the room early they're going to take advantage of her you're like shit i feel that's coming on and it never really takes you there and it ta- it takes you close but they pull back from that and there isn't this dickhead boy who ends up like abusing her in some way same way in like boyhood in Linklater's boyhood where there's what scene in boyhood where they're throwing stars like like I think they're like ninja stars mm. in a basement just some boys fucking around and you're like they lead up to it to the point like oh shit someone's going to take one of these ninja stars in the eye and it, it, you know it's going to happen cuz that's the way these movies roll when they kind of show you the danger behavior that's that dipshit teenage boys no offense ben are about to do and it it doesn't happen it's like it's like oh they kind of head faked on that trope and the same thing happens here where you breathe a sigh of relief because you really feel for sophie you don't want her to get hurt and it's like cool that's not what happened here but what did happen was they took it as a teaching moment for her father to tell her this is what when she reveals that she kissed a boy that night in a very innocent way, without anything else happening, he gave her some solid parenting advice about that. And it was like, boom. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, which I, I guess is not really what he did. You don't know. You really don't know. It could have been some of that, right? Like, like maybe he did, but like I said, that was the sort of A-plus parenting advice he gave that was like, that's what to say there. That's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what you say there. And um, maybe said it, maybe didn't, but you don't know. It was, mm-hmm. it wasn't on videotape like some of the movie. It was on. It was from her memory. Yeah, and very distant too. That the lens they use is wide, but it's also really far away. So you you can hardly really you can hardly yeah. see them, and you can only hear. Good point. You can only really hear what they have to say. So there's uh, the filmmaking of it is done really well. Um, they, there are some like lens choice and camera angles that I really admire. There was one where uh, mm. they were sitting with their backs turned to the camera on the beach, and um, they used a really long lens, so that kind of compresses the space. 
so that they they were not in the ocean, but the ocean was like pressed right up against them because of the long lens. Mm. So it was as if like you you couldn't really tell where they were in in uh like relative to the ocean. So that kind of like that kind of brings you back to the night where he is drunk and runs into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know what happens to him. Mm-hmm. Then they just cut away and for a lot for a little bit you're you're just like I can't you you don't know where he is or how how he is. So um yeah, I think the I guess this isn't a spoiler, but the it's shot very well and the people who made it really uh cared about putting you in subjective points of view and it's done really really well. Yeah, and it's quiet. Um it's serene. It's uh the music's great. Um there's there's a you know, a David Bowie needle drop at the end. It's like and they they play with it. They play with that audio. They give you a different version of that very famous recognizable song that you've memorized already mm-hmm. in your life even at 19. And certainly at 57. Um, but they play with it in the way that's just so effective and affecting. Um, that's just like perfect climax to the movie. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that like the more you know about things and life, the the better it is. Oh, hell yeah. So I just think like the older you get, I think the better this movie is for you. Yep. So there's a lot of there's a lot of movies like that made by older people who is like like it can I can watch it and yeah. I can engage with it but I think it does it does work the more life experience you have it works a little bit better which is what I try to remember watching these things and like mm. I don't have the perspective of a parent so it's a little bit difficult for me to relate to that but trying to put myself in those points of view really helps engage me with the movie and really makes oh, good the movie for you hit hard so yeah, it's a very mature way to look at it, and, you know, it's difficult to do that, to look at it from that perspective, when um, that's not who you are. Yeah. You're not a father, are you? No, not yet. Okay, good. That would be a spoiler for this podcast. That would be it. That would be a big spoiler. <laughs> um, we were going to talk about the bear also. Yeah. Uh, I'm spent, dude. <laughs> yeah. All it's... I can say is go see the bear on Hulu two seasons. Yeah, I think we'll talk about we it later. Maybe in detail later. It's definitely yeah. worth talking about, but it's one of the best shows on TV. Period. Uh huh. Um, there's my review. So yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm spent. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure, I guess. Thank Good God chat. We didn't end up crying on this podcast. Ah, uh, we were close. We were pretty close. Um. Uh, Maybe it and was this hard is, to hear. But... This is fun to do it in person too. Yeah, I thought about recording this one. Thank God. Recording? What do you mean recording like, this one? Uh, with my camera. Oh, like like video. Yeah. I was like recording it. You mean this yeah. thing isn't on? God damn it! Because yeah. I want to. I'm not doing this again. We're not doing this again. Um, no video camera. Yeah, like YouTube. Uh, this was style. also a pretty good format too. What really gets us into the. Really mm-hmm. keeps us in the movie. Watch and talk. Yeah. Uh huh. Like yeah. so. Especially with a movie like this, I knew it would be sad. I yeah. knew. I thought like maybe we could review a funny movie and be like, "This is a great time." Right. We're gonna end this in such a fun, right. uplifting way. But no, we'll the we took it we took it there and mm-hmm. uh, okay. Well, I'm happy with the result. We're vulnerable as fuck. Is what yeah. we are. Right. Just two vulnerable cousins just <laughs> sitting in a basement <laughs> for the last three hours. This works. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Good chat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll do it again like this again sometime. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This was After Sun, and 
The bear might be coming soon. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Thank you.